This is Rose Coleman, and you're listening From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Today, we are going to be interviewing Rose Coleman, and Rose has been part of the photography industry for over 18 years. I'm going to say more than that because uh, she's actually grown up in the industry, and I've known her forever, it seems like, and uh, I'm so excited to have her on here. She's, uh, as, as I said, she's grown up in the industry and been a part of it, but what she's done as a business owner uh, after her second child was born, she left behind the boutique studio business model and created a fast-paced sports phot- photography company with her husband in 2015. She is known for her clean, beautiful work with dancers, gymnastics, and athletes. And if you follow her on Instagram, you'll see some of that amazing work. And just recently, she and her husband purchased a five-acre homestead that they are going to live on with their three darling children, and they plan to create their dream studio there. So I'm assuming it's going to go back somewhat to the boutique business model, but still incorporate her love of sports photography. Is that true, Rose? Yes. Um, we have been looking for a piece of commercial property and um, rent is very expensive. And so kind of our business model has a lot to do with just our financials, like kind of more more of our decisions as we've kind of grown and evolved has been majority focused on like, is this profitable enough? Like when we were in the large studio space, um, a lot of it went to general expenses and employees and overhead and upkeep of things. And as we continue to kind of move forward and we kind of got into a spot where it's like, we're going to have in two years, we're going to have to have something. And we rent only like two months out of the year when we need to have something. So we've always kind of known if we can get our hands in something local that has a home property, but also has a place for an exterior, like a building, a metal building, a barn, something of that sorts with some land. That was my ultimate dream. And um, kind of where we're at, that was very expensive. So it's like either commercial property or just can we evolve that into having it in a space or a home. So, you know, most of our expenses would be, you know, linked into together and just be more efficient, be more profitable. So yes, we close actually next week on Friday and move into that building. It has five acres, um, an older home that we're going to fix up, but it has um, five acres and it has a barn because it was actually a ranch, like a horse ranch. And so there's a 40 by 60 large barn um, that they had stalls in, and we're going to convert that all into a studio space that we can shoot out of, you know, so we don't have to use rent. We don't have to continue to look for commercial property. And where, and where, are, you, where are you guys located at? We are on the southwest side of Oklahoma okay. City. Cool, cool. Yes. That, this is so exciting. So one of the things that you mentioned in your bio that we didn't mention, Rose, is something about um, kind of, you mentioned something about being debt-free type of thing. Is so, And you were talking about finances when you just talked a second ago. So is, is that something you guys kind of focus on is definitely staying out of debt? And is that kind of your thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have not, I mean, my husband will laugh and tell you that he married me. One of the main reasons is because I was debt-free mm-hmm. and everyone else had <laughs> Thousands and thousands of college dollar, you know, um, debt accrued to them. But yeah, debt free is a big thing. Like we bought this and we've even talked about um, the piece of property, you know, 
it's actually a 12 acre lot of land and we're going to parcel off seven of it and sell it, you know, to cut down our expenses on that. And then how we can get it actually paid off in five years. Like, is that a doable thing? You know, so yes, debt-free is, is huge to us. It is all about the money you get to keep. I feel like when you work, especially when you work for yourself. And so that's been a huge, huge focus on us. So, I mean, we don't have car debt. I mean, we just, we just have our house debt now that we, you know, it's going to be larger, but we're like very, very, it's very, very important to us to have a debt-free lifestyle and figuring out how to get those things paid off. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Kaya makes fun of me all the time because when I married my wife, Allison, uh, I brought lots of debt to the relationship and it also brought zero. <laughs> and uh, Kaya refers to me as the ultimate catch because yeah. I definitely married up in not only looks, but also obviously in the financial world as well. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. Rose, real quick, kind of tell us what your expertise is or what you're known for. Kaya talked about it a little bit and I've been on your website and seen some of your dancing pictures and stuff like that. But tell me a little bit about what you're known for. So um, I would say that I'm known for shooting athletes and shooting sports. I, I come from a big portrait background, and I love, I absolutely love and adore. But in the last few years, it's it's all been athletes. So we do a majority of dancers, gymnastics, volleyball players, Anything that's a club level sport, which in my world, there's either little leagues, which are just the masses, you know, of like t-ball players. Then there's club, which is um, a higher level, like a parent is going to spend more money to put your kid in a club sport. And um, we focus on that. And then you have high school, junior high levels um, of the same kind of things. You could be a baseballer at high school, you could be a baseballer in a club or you could be a baseballer in a little league. But we focus on club because there's generally about, you know, at least 150 to 350 most often in a club sport. And those are people that have already, um, their parents are already paying a higher dollar to have their kid be in there. So, I mean, they're already invested. You know, you're going to get a sale from that. And they all want photos because they're invested in this. It's just kind of the the nugget we go for. So we shoot a lot of those. I do a lot of dance work. Um, my parents have a dance photography business. I still help them quite a bit with that. And um, a lot of gymnastics, a lot of volleyball, but club is really what, we, what we're known for and going for. And so you don't photograph like high school sports or, or little league. You kind of avoid that and you're just focusing more on the club Yes, um, we do. We don't do any little leagues. We have done one or two in the past, and I've regretted it every time. We are not set up because because it's really important to us to operate as efficient as possible. Between Tim and I, we have a few um, people that will work contract for us to make an event happen. But most shoots, I mean, most shoots, I can roll out with myself, my husband, and one other girl. So it's like we shoot, he sells, and one girl shows. So we try to target you know, athletes and clubs that we can fit that and run as efficiently as possible within our business. And that is keeping it as minimal as staff as we possibly can. So when you go out to a club, how many people are you photographing? Sorry, I'm just super interested in this business model. Yeah. Um, It is really unique because there's not a lot of people that I, I guess educate on club photography. So it's, it's been a, a big eye opener for me. Um, so when we roll out to a club, like for instance, I can do a, 
like a, a good size volleyball, I can shoot about 11 teams in an evening from about 4 to 7.30. And what, each team of those is going to have 10 people on there. So, I mean, anywhere roughly to about 120 to 150 kids, depending on how many we squish in there. And I can do that in a night. And we shoot and show and sell that same night. Boom, 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 right together. That's so interesting to me because uh, I've been looking at doing some more volume stuff and figuring out what that looks like. And I think it's so interesting that you've like niched it out and just say, hey, we do clubs because you're right. You can do you can do little leagues. You could do all the high school sports and everywhere in between. You've kind of found like, OK, clubs is where it's at because the parents are invested and they've paid extra to, for the kids to be in there. They probably have you know a couple uniforms and stuff like that. So there's already this culture that the money is flowing when you're in clubs. And I, just, I think that's just super, super smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A couple uniforms is definitely true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My soccer playing son has three different uniforms and he's forgets them. And then we get in trouble and all kinds of things. So, and yes. they're expensive. I mean, oh, yes. They're very And expensive. so having pictures in them is not yeah. is something that's valuable for sure. Absolutely. So, Rose, just going back to that, are you the main shooter then for the club events? Yes, I shoot everything. So yes. your husband is just the like the male model at the at the shoot. I mean, he he has he has the same job I have, where he just shows <laughs> yeah. up and looks good, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He yeah, he handles the questions. He is the schmoozer. He is. It definitely fits into his strengths. He loves connecting with people. He could like make a friend with a wall very easily. He just like I mean he he is that person. They ask me about an order or paying a certain price, and I'm like, go to Tim. I'm like, he can, he'll handle it for you. I don't want to handle that. I don't want to hear your story <laughs> yeah. of why you don't want to order tonight. No, <laughs> that's awesome. Go, go to someone else. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're such a bleeding heart, Rose. <laughs> oh, and it just makes me nervous. I'm like, I feel your story. And yeah, I want to make do. And he's just like, no, yeah, you're going to order tonight. You're going to see him. You're going to order him tonight right now. Dun, dun, dun. Like he, he handles that very well. So yes, I do all the photography. That's awesome. That's great. So, so Rose, being in the business for as long as you have and seeing it from, you know, from your mom being a photographer to being in a family business to now running your own uh, portrait business, tell us the story of what is working now for you or share one of your greatest ideas that you've had to date and how you've turned that into a success. Either way. I probably can meld the two together. So when we decided... After I had my second child, I took a year off and I did a handful of sessions, but I really did not end up thinking I was going to get back into photography. I was just like, what's working? Really? Yeah, I did not think I was. I got I did not know that. a part-time job at our church in ministry and very part-time. And when we had my daughter, I was working all the time, obviously working with and for my parents. And I was kind of working all day, going home at night eating, uh, schmoozing, talking, put your kids to bed. And I would go right back to work because I lived right behind our commercial. I bought a house right behind Mm -hmm. our commercial space. So I would go back there and I was working till midnight and it was a good year. And I mean, right before I had her that I was just like, this is like, I'm working to death. I'm working all the time. Mm -hmm. And if I was making like tons of money, then I could kind of justify that. Like, okay, do it for a season, rock it hard, do it hard. But I wasn't because obviously I was working with my family and we had like four or five employees at that time. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm the person that has to say and get it done if no one else, you know, wants to get it done when you work kind of for yourself. So when I had her, I was just like, I'm not going to go this level anymore. So I 
kind of obviously told my parents, I was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. This is not working for me yeah. anymore. And I'll help you if you need something done, but I'm just, I'm out of this. I'm, I'm going to be with my kids for a little while. And I never really had a desire to be a true stay at home mom, but I was just like, I'm taking time out. I'm just, I'm just done. Really didn't think I was going to get back into it. And then my daughter is a year and my husband's kind of like, you got, you got to get, baby, you got to get back to work. Like you got to make some money. <laughs> like we lived off your money for a long time, even though it wasn't a ton, but I mean, it still contributed to our family. And, you know, we, yeah. we did a lot of things that were all, you know, revolved around our business, my business with my family. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do this the same. Like I love studio work, but I don't want to have to get a piece of property. I don't want to be like everyone else that does these little mini sessions, you know, at like such a cheap rate. I was like, that's so much work. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do if this is what we have to do. And then, um, we, so we, you know, obviously prayed about a lot, thought about a lot, like we, we, you have to do something. So what is that going to be? Are you going to go into ministry? I wasn't really feeling like both Tim and I could work in ministry together beside each other. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And obviously there's so much potential and I have so much education in photography. Like I, I should, you know, I've obviously, God has given me this opportunity. I know all this stuff. Like I, I need to move forward with that. So we took some time to figure out what that looked like and bounced around ideas because I'm kind of like an overdoer a little bit. And I was like, okay, what makes the most money? What can we do to live the lifestyle that we want to have? What can we do to not have a studio location? What can we do to keep as much money in our pocket? And I got to spend a lot of time a long time ago with Ralph Romaguerra in New Orleans. And I shot for him upon a lot of locations and weekends, I'd fly in and do work for him. And, and he was like, the people that make the most money in this business do volume. He's like, at some level, Mm -hmm. they do volume. Mm -hmm. It's not about the $3,000 sales. It's the $30 sales every five seconds. It's just, that's what they do. And he's like, you won't hear a lot of them because those people are too busy making money. They don't educate. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah. And Ralph Romagera, to give backstory, he's been the president of PPA, right? Yes. And he has a family business in New Orleans that does volume and portrait. Yes, he does both. And I, yeah. I had a great opportunity to fly down there on many occasions and shoot his proms and shoot underclass for him and do some things. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, like we come back to the house, obviously I'm with his family and got to stay with his family. And it's just like, buckets of money, you know, just like, just like, okay, everyone has to open up the envelopes, everyone sorts, everyone, like we get this done tonight. And I was just like, cash, cash. you know, and it's just like, this is what, this is how we do it. And I was just like, you know, when we're revamping, like, okay, what are we going to do? And I was like, we need to do some level of volume. I think this is what Mm -hmm. we need to do right now. It's very saturated in the like family market right now. I don't think that's a way we need to go. This would allow us not to have a studio location. And so we just kind of in October 2015, we're like, okay, we're going to build a sports photography business. We're going to try this. We're going to give it all that we got. And um, so that allowed us to not have a studio location except for a couple months out of the year. We um, don't have to have staff. We have some contract people that we can pay per job to go out and do what we want to do. I actually started with someone that I was going to, before Tim came into the business, I started with another person that was a friend of mine and um, Mm kind of worked it together and then kind of had really to make very tough decisions to let her not be a part of the business anymore. And then Tim came on like a year ago and just, Mm -hmm. and just constantly our decisions of like, how do we keep this efficient? 
How do we keep this, you know, as smooth as possible? How do we keep as much money as profitable? Because I mean, your B, your PPA benchmark is going to say for every dollar, you need to have $35, 35 cents in your pocket. You know, I was like, how can we make that twice as much? You know, that's not having overhead. That's not having expenses. That's not having employees. So yeah. don't try to do everything in the world. I'm not trying to be a sports photographer, everything. I want to go for club levels that make, you know, 10 or $15,000, you know, a job and work those into the business that, that way we don't have to, and we can keep the lifestyle that we want to have. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Rose. So now we're, are we going to take a break, Matt? Yeah, we're, we're going to take a break real quick because I, I just heard that Rose needs to count her uh, bundles of money. <laughs> is what I heard. So we're gonna, we'll take a quick break and she can count her bundles and then we'll come back and uh, we'll do some, find out what she's fired up about in the industry and do some lightning around stuff as well. So we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You look at your calendar and notice you need clients now. So you do a little marketing and get some phone calls. You get busy helping those new clients. They schedule sessions, they place orders, and life is good. But once they're done, your calendar is empty again. The reason is you didn't have time to market while you were busy. Sometimes your business feels like a roller coaster. And let me tell you something, it is. And believe me, you're not alone. Photographers everywhere have the same problem. But I have some great news. Matt's business, Allison Ragsdale Photography, after years of trial and error, has cracked the code. It works so well, he's created a new class all about it. It's called Get Clients Now, a dead, simple approach to getting photography clients. Everyone at From Nothing to Profit is excited to share this info with you because this system helped Matt and Allison book hundreds of clients this year at their studio. And the best part about this system is that it's simple to set up and it works while you're sleeping. No hard selling or creepy marketing. All you have to do is help your clients answer their most pressing questions. Clients love the system and say it is the number one reason they book with Matt and Allison. If you're interested in learning more about this system, go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple. Matt has created a short free video that introduces this system. If you like what you hear, podcaster listeners get an exclusive discount on the full class. So make sure you go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple and sign up for the free video. It will help you book more clients now and create the business you've always wanted. All right, everybody, welcome back. So we're with Rose Coleman, and we're talking about her business model where she works with uh, sports clubs. I guess it would be club sports. And we were just joking before the break that she's found a way to make it super profitable. So along that same lines, what Rose, what are you fired up about in the industry or what are you paying attention to the industry right now? I would say I am fired up about like helping people like see their dreams. I, I, you know, I've been in this for so long and I know so many people that have been photographers or been in this for a long time that as I've just gone through a very, a very intense, you know, couple of years of like me being stressed out, me feeling like this isn't working, you know? And I mean, we had a a very beautiful, big business. I mean, my largest sale was $21,000 on a high school senior. Me, I shot, sold. I mean, like, I know that that business model works, but for what we were doing and how we were trying to manage it, it was just like, for me in that season, it was just like draining and sucking the life out of me. It was like, I'm done. And then kind of getting back into it is just seeing other people that have been in this for a long time, you know, either make a change and get like, Hey, you need to make more money. You're working too hard. You need to make more money. And there are things that I think people can change that, you know, like for instance, you don't have to sell everything on the planet just because the labs can offer it. Like we don't even use, (laughs) I hate to say this, but we, we print everything in house. We don't do that because we'd like to be 
become like a lab is because our cost of sales could be anywhere from four to eight percent rather than being, you know, 15 to 25 percent, you know, being super efficient. So you can work a job and then keep as much money for yourself and your family as possible. So I would say like, I'm super fired up to, to see people like accomplish their dreams and like make new changes and step into new directions and just be more efficient, be more profitable. Cause I think that's huge. Obviously as we have now three kids and I'm like, we need to make as much money as possible. They're expensive. Like right. kids are expensive. I was like, didn't realize, but man, my eight year old is like the size of a 13 year old. And I'm like, I can't, fe- I can't feed you enough and I can't clothe you anymore. You've got to, you well, especially if you're going to put him in club sports. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, everyone's like, how old is he? And I'm like, no, he's only eight. And they're like, he's really tall. I'm like, I know his grandmother's six, two. It's just, he's going to be real tall. Like they're expensive. And so for me, it's being as profitable as possible. Also, you know, I was uh, something I, I keep my eye on is just kind of imagery. I don't spend a lot of time looking at other people's stuff. There's a handful of people that I follow on Instagram, handful of people that I follow like on social media, things that I just follow because I'm like, these people are what I consider to be the best of the best. Either they're great in business or their imagery is outstanding. And I, I don't get oversaturated with the mundane of everyone shooting everyone or shooting the same places. I don't even really follow anyone local in my area because it just doesn't pertain to me. But yeah, just keeping keeping up with that and what people are saying like on social media, because I think that we're going to see even more in the next five years that social media and imagery as far as their online presence is just changing. It's changing the way that we have to do business and how we have to sell it to people. And I'm not against change. I am for doing it, but to do it in a way that's profitable. Okay. So let me, let me back you up real quick because um, I think that was great. But one of the things you mentioned was you, that you do a lot of printing in your house. And I think that's just going to raise a question, just a, a few specifics about that. Like what that looks like. Are you guys printing like on inkjet printers? Um, just, just real quick, kind of, what does that look like? Cause I don't think our listeners have heard that very much. Yes, we print everything in house, um, like 90% of our stuff. And we print on a Fuji DX100. We've got two of them. So one's kind of got always have eight by 10 paper in it. And one's always got like four by sixes in there. And we switched out with five by sevens. And I mean, the cost of, I was doing research on it yesterday, just figuring out because we need to purchase another one if we're going to get something different or keep with the same thing. And the cost of a four by six is less than 20 cents. I mean, I think a five by seven is 20. One cents, and then an eight by ten is is uh, less than a dollar fifty. I mean, when you you price out the ink and the printing, the paper and everything that comes out with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, and one of the things that's really interesting about efficiency too is like when we do volume stuff, we send it all off to the lab, and then it comes back, mm-hmm. and then we have to sort it. So almost like if you're printing your own, you're almost sorting and printing at the same time, and so that you're like almost removing a step, which I think saves you oh, time too, yes. which is pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's interesting because you, I mean, I can sit here and just print out somebody's order package, you know, put it in the little glassine, put it in their mailers. So we've got super efficient how we've got it set up. So, I mean, it's just like one step to the next step to the next step because the printer's pretty fast. I mean, and I can just package it, put it in and we've got 
our shipping kind of station, how it is. So it just goes one, two, three. So we try to only sell products that we can handle in, in-house. Like we even have a metal keychain maker. We've got a button machine, which is super easy because a lot of people in sports love buttons and then peel and stick magnets, all just very easy that we can print package and ship like the same day. Because part of our business model is turning around. We turn around digitals 48 hours. We turn around images, prints usually within a week. So we're like super fast. So we want to be able to print it, ship it, get it out the mail. That's awesome. All right, Kaya, do you want to uh, jump into the lightning round with Rose and we'll go through some of those things? Yes. So the first question we have is what was holding you back from becoming a full-time photographer? I feel like you answered that a little bit because you actually started out as a full-time photographer, then took some time off and came back. So maybe talk about just coming back. Um, coming back, what was holding me back probably was just, um, in this business, I have not found many. I've, I've been very fortunate with my parents, both being involved in photography that I've, they've only hooked me up with really people that I feel like are amazing image creators or really good business people. I've had those kind of wonderful opportunities holding me back was getting back into it and going like, As I've worked for 15 years in the boutique business model with employees, with staff, with overhead, and um, worked for someone else, when I do it, do I want to work all the time? Like how to balance Mm -hmm. family and my children are little. And I think when your children get a little bit bigger, that's a little bit of a different story. But as my babies are, are tiny right now, like how do you balance? And I know that in my heart, I didn't want to be a full-time mom, but I did not want to work full-time. I I needed a full-time income. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to make full-time money, but I do not want to work full-time hours in, in the kind of feeling that I did as a small child that my mother worked all of the time. She just worked night and day all of the time. It was either shooting or she was behind the computer having to, you know, work on imagery. And I was just like, I don't want that for my family. I really want to be infused in my family. I want my family to, you know, get the most from obviously the Lord and what they've been given and gifted. But I want them to be, you know, guided by me and, you know, Tim and our home. So I wanted to have as much time with them as possible. So I would say holding me back was that because it has to do with profitability. Like you can work to death, you can work all the time. And the more you work, you could find yourself needing more staff or needing a bigger building or needing more equipment because like every, it's funny because every new type of athlete we ended up doing, we had to buy almost a new piece of equipment for it. Like we did, we had to do football this year. Okay. Well, instead of our backdrop, Uh we had to buy turf. Turf was expensive. I was like, do I, you know, I was just like, well, that's $300, but that's $300. You know, that's $300 that I don't get back back, you know, and we're going to have, and then we did a large team Well, we needed more turf, you know, it's like everything kind of led to like another little purchase. And I was like, we probably need to not do that. We need to stick with what is successful and we have all the equipment for it until we're ready to make some other moves of growing, you know, and stepping into another little realm. And that's, you know, it's all, um, so I would say just for me getting back, I mean, being profitable, having to make really hard decisions with like, not doing everything, not shooting everything, but being as profitable as possible so I can spend as much time with my family as possible. So you saw your mom, and I think most people of her generation really lived to work, Mm -hmm. and you wanted to figure out how to work so that you could live the life that you wanted to live. Absolutely. My mom was... I mean, she's just a goer. She's a doer. She's not a person that likes to stay at home and just kind of take it easy. She worked very hard. And I learned from her that, like, if you want something in life, you're going to have to work for it. She came, you know, she 
got divorced very young. She started road photography and wedding photography. And I learned, I got to see her be as broke as humanly possible and then build a business, become debt-free herself, like pay off her house, be debt-free, and then, you know, send her kids to, you know, do whatever they want to do. I mean, I got to see her without any help of anyone. She w- she became that success herself. And so I know I got to see that that took a lot of time and a lot of work because obviously photography, there are some people that are just banking huge amounts of money. And there's a lot of people just making a really good, nice part-time income or barely a full-time income. There's not a lot of people that mm-hmm. just run in at just a rocking, awesome business, you know, but so yeah, I got to see that, but I got to see that a little bit at the expense of, you know, her being home. And, um, we just kind of had to learn, you, you just got to live with it. You know, this is, this is life. And I have a great respect for her, working it as hard as she oh, worked. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I just knew that for me, I wanted to figure out there's got to be a way to do both. You know, there's got to be a way to do both well without having to sacrifice one or the other. So so one of my questions cuz you keep talking about profitability, one of my questions is are you this is an interesting question in the fact that like are you and your husband aligned with that? Like obviously he's going to want to make profit, but is he more of a spender than you are or are you more of a spender or are you guys pretty pretty together on all that? Cause I'll give you, I'll get, I'm the, I'm the spender and Allison is the saver. Like, I'm like, we need that. And she's like, do we really? I'm like, yes. I'm like, not only do we need a 10 by 10 thing of turf, we need to make, we need hundreds by hundreds of feet of turf. And she's like, okay. Yeah. We, um, it's funny. I am definitely the spender when it comes to equipment. I love all the gadgets, like the gadgets, anything. Like, I'm like, this is awesome. I'll like listen to podcasts or like when I'm editing, be watching videos and reviews of things, of things that I want to have. And, um, so definitely when it comes to photography world, when we, we're spending money, we're spending good money. We're spent, we're buying high quality things. We're not getting cheap on it. But as far as our lifestyle go, goes, my husband is definitely the spender, we love like a value of ours. We love to travel together. We, and you know, took, I think like seven trips this past year. I mean, we love to go to Disney world. I mean, like we spend money on experiences. Like we don't spend a lot of money, I would say on materialistic things, but we spend money on experiences, experiences like with our home group and our friends and make sure they feel loved and cared for in that way. And then we spend money traveling. Like that's just a huge value of us. So we kind of meet in the road a little bit because like we had, for instance, we I surprised him on Father's Day with a very small two-night trip to Disney World with our big kids. I'm like, we're going to get up at the crack of dawn. We're going to go two nights, come back. And I, I planned it for September. And um, I was like, but I gave him the tickets and stuff on Father's Day. And lo and behold, like a week later, he's like, <laughs> I've awesome. extended the trip. Like a good five days. <laughs> he's like, so we're going to be there like six <laughs> days now. And I was like, what? I had it paid for. Everything was paid for. The tickets, the everything was bought. And he's like, yeah, but it's so much. Why go two days when you can go five? I'm like, oh. That, <laughs> that, that conversation right there is the epitome of <laughs> most conversations Allison and I have. It's like, like, well, why do it this when we can do it 10 times bigger? Uh-huh. And she's like, do, do we really need to do that? I'm like, yes, we do. Yeah. I was oh just like, man, goodness. this is, I had it paid for. Like it was done. And I'm like, you're going to make this. And we're not taking the little kids. So obviously the little kid's going to be traumatized in our family. Cause I was just taking the big kids. Cause you didn't need a stroller with that. That was my plan. But so, yeah, I would say he, he definitely, I mean, we, we spend a lot of money together, but we spend it on experiences and stuff that's beneficial awesome. but fun you know for our family so 
Yeah. Living the life you want to live. Absolutely. Working so you can live the life you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to the lightning round. So what is the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. Best advice I've ever received. Probably. I mean, I'd probably have to go back to Mr. Ralph and him saying that the people that are the most profitable are the people that do volume. I mean, that changed my life. I probably never would have gotten into volume without it when without seeing that and kind of experiencing it and just feeling like, whoa, you can. It's not all about tiny, tiny little leagues. Like I'm like, you can make good money. So I would say that. And the second would be um, my mom, you know, shoot and show, shoot and show, do not put anything on the internet, you know, like, and that is a crazy world right now, obviously. Like if you, if your parents are there, show them their pictures. And if you can't, you, you got to be able to make that happen. And so we have evolved in our business to still not really put much stuff online. We do if we have to, but if a parent is going to be there, we're shooting and showing immediately. So the process is still fast, but if they don't like their pictures, they reshoot it. They order right then and there and it's done. So we don't have to walk away going, everyone in the planet is going to, you know, see their pictures up online and then maybe order or have a very small percentage of a buy rate. We have a very high buy rate, but it's because of that. So I would say those two were the biggest that have affected my business. So you're saying that you do in-person sales? Yes. With your, okay. Okay. That's exciting. Are the parents there on photo night with the club? Like, yes. Yes. At club level, parents are there. Yeah. I mean, we, we barely, we don't do a lot of events. It's normally a high school. We have to shoot a high school team or something of that case where parents are not going to be there because mm-hmm. we're coming out of practice or something. Then we have to do a prepaid thing where then they do see pictures up online or they can prepay at that, but they have to buy into something to be able to do that. It's not the way that I like to go because um, obviously you just have a higher buy rate and achievement level with that because parents are there. If parents are there, they're going to buy their pictures. You know, our packages, Mm -hmm. our packages are not very expensive. Our highest package, I think, is $55. So, I mean, they're there. They're invested in club. They obviously spend money to have their kid in club. We're going to shoot. We're going to show you your pictures. So they don't do anything pre. We shoot everyone. They show it. And then they they sell. I mean, they sell. And then they um, turn in their order form with their payment, you know, to Tim. So it's it's super efficient, super lean. We don't have to set up a lot of stuff, you know. But, yes, we want to shoot and show everybody. Okay. So my question for you, actually, I have a piece of advice just to stick in here right now is your kids are actually going to need you more when you're, when they're in high school, Mm. junior high and high school, Mm. in my opinion, when they're little, like they don't really notice if you're gone all the time. Like, obviously you want to be with them and you're wanting that time with them. But when they come home from school, I love being home like three or four days a week because they come in the door and they talk Mm -hmm. and they tell me about their day and you don't get that time any other time. So just, uh, I don't know, as a mom, I know you're like wanting to live the life that you're wanting to live and having teenagers myself, I'm so thankful that I can create my business so that I can be there when they walk in the door after school. So, And see, that anyway. that's interesting because <laughs> Tim and I were just, I love that. And Tim and I were just driving by the property that we had today and we're like, what are we going to do with the barn? Like we have an opportunity to have a studio space. Oh, yeah. How do we use that during kid hours at school? to be profitable, mm-hmm. but without, 
Yeah. You know, it's like, it, what does that look like? Does that look like starting some sort of smaller kid business? You know, does that, what does that look like? Is that a headshot yeah. business? I mean, like an avenue that doesn't affect our sports business, but it's something mm-hmm. that we can do without, you know, jeopardizing more time with our kids. I mean, like we're thinking and praying about that a lot. Cause I'm like, I, I want to be, I want to do that well and I want to do it right because I want to have as much time, you know, after school when they get home as possible. That means so much to yeah. me. And I don't think you have to be there all the time, but just keeping that in mind. Yeah. Okay. So here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. Share one of your personal habits that you think contributes to your success. Oh gosh. You know, I asked him about this. I was like, Tim, do you think I have any good habits? <laughs> he's like, oh, no. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're not a very habitual person. He's like, this is hard because I was because I was like, what habits do I have? I don't know. And he's like, um, he thinks that I'm a very driven person. He would say, I, I think one of the habits that I have, and he would agree, is just that I'm very driven. And so um, good enough is not good enough for me. And that can be a good or a bad thing. Um, but I definitely think that it has contributed to my success. Absolutely. Because as, let's say, for general, in sports photography, there's a lot of really bad sports photographers. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. There's more bad mm-hmm. ones than there are really good photographers. And I I don't really go into people's backstories, but my story is different, obviously, because I come from a photographic portrait world and I know how to make really good imagery without having to have really flashy composites or digital backgrounds or things like that. And the more I see stuff I see in the sports world, it's like really kind of plainly, flatly lit, you know, athlete on a very high grungy edited background. And that is something Mm -hmm. that we have stayed away from because I don't want, I want our images to stand out on like a black or white or even out on a field, but just be dynamically lit, beautifully captured and not edited to, you know, high heavens. Like I just, I don't need it to have graphics and artistry. I mean, we do banners, we do some fun stuff, but I mean, there's only in my world, I mean, like you've got your Richard Sturt events, you've got your amazing people that spend hours creating something masterful that looks real and it doesn't look fake, you know, and then you've got in sports, a lot of people that are just like shoot and burn, drop in a green screen. And it's just very, it's to me, it's overdone. And so Mm-hmm. As as my attitude a lot is good enough is never good enough. I want to be the absolute best at what I do. I want my imagery to look absolutely the best that I can can do in our, our area and something that will just make it stand out. So I would say that that would just my driven. You have, yeah. a, hmm. you have a habit of excellence. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you yeah. Go. Might be hard to say about it yourself, is. but I would definitely, I would definitely say that. You, yeah, do you have a habit on, um, how you liked your $20 bills stacked at the end of a shoot? Like, <laughs> just as long as they're hidden away from my husband. So he's like, Where is this? Money? What is this from? I'm like, Oh man. Do, I do, that do you like the vacation. stacks like, like one inch tall or like two inch tall stacks of, of money? <laughs> You know, the the big my stack the bigger the better. So whatever. <laughs> oh, that's I know. We're just picking on you now. So okay. Um Yeah. No, is there okay. a is there an internet resource that you'd recommend to our listeners? Um yes, absolutely. So something that I think is is important to me, I would say an inter- internet resource and a book. I, I like combo those two together and I think something that is 
fundamentally change the way that I see myself, the see uh, how I see hiring on other people, bringing people onto our team, working with other people, is um, uh, internet resources or a book that's called Strength Finders 2.0. Have you guys ever heard of it? Yeah. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay, I have not. So- go, 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 go. <laughs> No, you have not. Oh, it's so good. Are you Kaya, serious? Kaya, I stopped at Dave Ramsey. We went over this during my interview. Oh my okay. goodness! Now I don't. I don't get on the. Um, actually, it's funny. I. I don't. I love to read. I absolutely love to read, and I think that improving yourself. I don't think I'll ever get to a place where I feel like I am just the best of the best and I don't have anywhere to learn. Like I want to be always cultivating an attitude of like humbleness and like there are amazing people. There's amazing guidance out there. Like learn, learn, learn. So. I, um, my husband has been in ministry for a very long time and, um, he did this test a long time ago and it's, you know, it's a personality test and, but what's unique about it, it it focuses only on your strengths. So it's strengths finders 2.0 and you can read this book and you can take a test on it. What is interesting about it is I think, especially like Kaya said, as women, it's sometimes not easy to like brag about yourself, realize what you're really good at, um, cultivate kind of that attitude of like, okay, I'm, I'm really great at this and be able to say that. I think that people feel bad about that. I think other women judge that. It's hard for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and so this test, um, we took this test. I've made everyone that's like kind of worked for me take this test. My mom, I've made her take this test. It's fascinating. So it will point out your top five strengths. And fundamentally, these are who you are as a person and your top two are your core. So mine are, I'll give you my examples. My top one is a maximizer. And my number two really? is achiever. So what's interesting mm-hmm. about that is I am a maximizer in life. And I see it now that it's been identified. I see it in everything that I do. That can be a good or bad thing. So if you give me a problem, I will give you, I will find you a solution because I want to maximize the situation. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. isn't working. And I'm like, okay, well, give me a day and I'm going to find you like nine podcasts, nine different things. Um, four different options. I know how to sell this this way. We can come up with a product that way. This is what, you know, what doesn't work. I will maximize and try to figure out how to achieve it. Like in anything, even with our kids' education, like we really struggled with trip in school his first couple of years. And I'm like, this is not working And good enough is not good enough for me. I want him to have a great environment. Not that I want to not that I don't want him to experience things and heartache and, and, you know, have to walk through those seasons with him. But I know that I want to be cultivating him an environment of success with teachers that are successful to see him grow. And just what the situation we we're in, just wasn't a good one. And so we, I'm like, we need to change that, you know, like I need to maximize that, that situation. So that is just kind of how I look at everything. I get super excited, super jazzed up. And I feel like there's a way to make money in, in everything. Like, um, let's figure out how to do this. And then achiever, like achievement is a big, it's a big heartstring of mine. Words, words of affirmation, big to me. And like, I want to see success in the things that I do. So back to like starting this business and getting back into it again, it's like, I need to feel success in this. I need that to be financial. I need that to be with our family. I need that to affect every aspect of it. Just to know that I know I'm working through some things, but I need to find achievement in it because that just fuels me. And when you are in doing what you are made to do, what I feel like God has I feel like God has created those attributes in me and I feel like he's created attributes in everyone. But when you figure out what those are and you figure out like, 
you're great at this. Like you are great at encouragement. You should be in some sort of role placement job where you encourage. You're great at administration. You need to be in a job where you're great at in some way having that kind of leadership of administration. You're great at teaching. Like you should be in it, but I feel like a lot of people don't realize um, probably their highest levels of like what they're really, their strengths are. So I think that would be, I mean, that would be the best piece of advice I would give people is just to figure out what those are. Read that book, take the test. It's like online. You can do it online. I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that. And it will tell you what, you know, what you are, good or bad. It'll tell you what your top ones are. And I think you, if you live and lead into those and walk that path, I feel personally that that is the path that probably God has created you to be on. And when you live into that, you'll have the most flourishing life, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, uh, my oldest daughter is a freshman at Kansas State University and someone gifted the university that test for every freshman to take. Wow. I know. And so what's, what I think is really fascinating about what you're saying is that you took that test and it validated something in you that you might've thought was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like you like to maximize things, you like to grow things, you're a big achiever. And so it made you realize that you could work on those. And so when I took the test, I was really shocked actually, because I thought I was that kind of person too, like a, you know, like really like a go-getter type. Mm -hmm. And my first one is activator. So I'm activator. And then I don't remember what the next was. A lot of mine are like, like input and future and like more like teaching myself things. And then I like to share them. But what I thought was so cool about the the book and Matt, I cannot wait for you to, to take it. I'm going to guess what yours are going to be first, but, um, is, uh, it gives you suggestions of how to work with other people, what kind of people you work best with. Uh And uh, it gives you suggestions of what you should do. Uh And so what I realized when I took that test, I'm an activator. And that means that you come up with an idea and then you're ready to do it immediately. Uh And I had all these situations in my life that I had to run every decision by all these other people and through all these other processes. And so I made all these changes in my life And then I was able to start activating on things and I was so much happier, Mm. so less, so much less stressed out. So yeah, I'm excited about uh, that book and I definitely think that people should check it out. So it's Strength Finders 2.0 and Matt, we'll put that in the show notes, right? Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Along the same lines, that's kind of interesting if I can say something about something I came across that's similar to this. Um, I don't know if if any of you guys follow uh, Brandon Burchard. He has a really interesting, he has some books out that are along the same lines and, and his whole business was coaching people and he's coached Mm -hmm. like really, really big people like the Oprah's of the world and stuff like that. And for a long time, he just did those, the tests where he, you know, he'd give his clients tests and then they'd become self-aware of what, you know, their strengths and weaknesses were. And that's, that was his whole business model for a while. And then finally he was coaching some, you know, top 50 CEO and the CEO really pushed back and was like, Hey, that's fine. Like you're making me self-aware, but I need to know what to do, Uh you know, like Mm -hmm. now what? Uh And so it's really interesting, like to pair, you know, the strength 2.0 book and test 
with maybe some of his stuff afterwards about like, okay, now what do you do once you know your strengths and what are some of the habits you can form and stuff like that? Cause I, I, ta- yeah. I taken tons of those tests and I got to that point where I was just like, okay, that's fine. I, I'm, I know who I am now, yeah. but now what? Yeah. And he did a really good job. Yeah. He does a really good job of taking it to the next step, which is really cool. He has a great YouTube channel. He has awesome, lots of awesome books. I'll link a couple below and stuff like that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to guess some of yours. I'm going to look at my book and see what they mm-hmm. are, but I'm guessing that you, one of yours is input, which is mm-hmm. one of the same as mine. Like where you like to learn about things. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a learner forever. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to okay. guys, I'm going to take a total tangent. So okay. I'm going okay. to share something with you guys real quick that you guys will forever give me crap about. So <laughs> I'm a bit, I've become like in the last year, I've become a big YouTuber. And so like, I just watch YouTube all the time. Like more than I'm on, more than Instagram, more than Facebook. I'm just on YouTube. So, so watching yeah, things. Wa- on yeah, YouTube. exactly. Yes. So this thing, po- this uh, show or whatever pops up in my, this video pops up in my feed and it's like the greatest ant farm ever built. And there's this guy in Canada, <laughs> there's this guy in Canada that literally has 2 million followers on YouTube. And he basically <laughs> makes like a theatrical movie about his ant farms that he's building. Oh goodness. Oh wow. And, and so it was bad enough <laughs> that I watched the first one that was 30 minutes, but I definitely watched like two more since then that have been each 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> Oh and I know goodness. more, I know more about ants now, like in the last week than anybody ever needs to know about ants unless you, that's your job. But oh. anyways. So that's an example of you loving input. Yes, exactly. And like, I just things. can't get enough yeah. education yeah. about even the most ridiculous things that do not pertain to my life. But I just, <laughs> I, I love educating myself on stuff like that. So anyways. So yeah. yeah. I'm not, I guess well, then, I'm not, Yeah. Learners, probably one of your type. like top five strengths, you know, and that's good because what's neat about the book and they related a lot to children is like, you know, in education, you're taught to be a very well-rounded person, make straight ace, but your kid might be really, really good at one or two things. And it's, it was kind of like, ignore the others. Not that you can in education, but it's like cultivate a heart of what your strengths are and what you're really, really good at and stop worrying about what you're not. Just find other people to do mm-hmm. those things. And don't worry about that. You know, you're, you're not meant to be mediocre at a lot of things. You're meant to be great at the few things that God has created you to be great at. So live into that and then you'll live, you know, better into your destiny. So yeah, I think that's, that's really good advice for sure. Um, so do you have any other books you want to share or is that the, is that the main one? Cause that's, that's a big one and we could leave it there, but if you have any others, and no, I would say that was my top one. I mean, I love to read. I, I think that um, a lot of self-help books, I just, I, I try to read a lot of business books, but not anyone has like hit me as most, as much as that one does. A lot of them to me just say a lot of the same information or hit like little nuggets. I just watched, I just read um, last week, Girl, Wash Your Face, which was really great. But um, no, I think Strengths Finders, that is just definitely my number one. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up right there. And is there any parting guidance that you have to give anybody or and and I'll, and also let them know how they can connect with you best? Yeah. Um, so you can find me online, social media, Rose Coleman. That is my Instagram handle. We, our business Instagram handle is center stage portraits. Our website is centerstageportraits.com. That is the way you can check us out. Um, my parting uh, piece of guidance is if for you have been doing this business and, um, you feel like it's not working, I would say to look, take a step back 
like what I did and look at your financials, look at what makes you happy in your business and figure out a way to trim the fat, trim the fat, because it is not about how much money you gross. It is about how much money you keep in your pocket. So I'm, it's funny. I just saw somebody last week on a Facebook group and it was like a women's Facebook group. And she was just like totally distraught. She's like, the more business I get, you know, I've been in this for a long time. The more business I get, the more employees I have to have, the more taxes I have to pay. And she's like, I'm just over it. You know, and I'm like, girl, trim the fat. You know, there is a way to get back to doing what you love and to make money from it and be as profitable as possible. So you don't need to sell everything that the labs offer. You don't need to do everything, you know, but just because you got a camera, you need to do what you love to do and do what makes you the most profitable. And if you look at your numbers and you look at the types of things that you sell, figure out the one that makes you the most and cultivate that, cultivate that relationship with more of those clients, you know, because it's just not, it's not about doing more. It's about living more into what, you know, you're doing. And that is about being profitable. It's just about being profitable. And so there are a lot of options, um, easy ones and hard ones to get you there and you can do. And if you just take a moment to step back and kind of just live into that and work on that and figure out what that is or ask somebody, there are, there are ways to trim it down in order for you to make more money and then have a better, you know, have more success with your family and your finances and things like that. So that would be my uh, piece of advice. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I, I love to getting to know you. So when I make it through Oklahoma, I'll definitely look you up because, um, I think your business is fascinating and I think you guys really have something powerful going there. And I'm really grateful that Kaya recommended you as one of the first people we brought on the podcast. Cause to be honest with you, I, I had no idea that you even existed. And now I follow you on social media and stuff like yeah. that and realize how awesome what you and your husband have built. So, well, hopefully by the time you come down, we'll have um, a horse barn that has been transformed into a studio space <laughs> and we'll have a lot more uh, land and stuff like that. You can come stay with us and yeah, it'll be fun. Maybe I'll just buy the seven acres next to you guys. And then I know. We'll... I, I'm like, I think I kind of convinced my mom this morning to buy it. I was like, mother, don't you want seven acres? Don't you want to move? And like, oh that's, my goodness. she's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just buy it and then I'll put a house on there one day. And I was like, you should. That oh would be great. Goodness. Just so, just Rose. keep it. Keep the 12 acres together. Keep it in, keep the, it fam in the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited that you guys are doing this. I'm excited to hear more about your podcast. All right. Thanks so much, Rose. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rose Coleman. We loved having you on the podcast from Nothing to Profit. And to all of our listeners, we will have so many great links in the show notes to uh, the things that uh, Rose has referenced and we've talked about in this podcast. And we hope that you can put that to use and create profit from little or nothing. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.